Sissoko. Deli Ali. Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and this week Matt is taking a break because you know his wife has him whipped and he has to do some chores around the house. But I am joined by the whole heartthrob, Dan. Hi, hi, Sam. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. And you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, it seems to be the case that I only ever do podcasts when we win. Yeah, that's good. Am I a glory podcaster? I, I'd say you're a glory podcaster. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> jump in, you know, push Matt out of the way when it's yeah. when it's something to gloat about. And not only is it like we won a couple of games, we destroyed Chelsea. Oh, I've I've got an extra spring in my step for yeah. for the day. I've I mean, you've thrown at me like you know you could punch me in the face. I'm just a little bit happy today. Oh like, no, that yeah. was nuts. No, it's been a. We we absolutely battered them um, unmercilessly, which was I don't know about you, man, but I did not see that coming. I I'd hoped, and I knew from knowing the team for the last couple of years, we've got that in us to do it. But Chelsea unbeaten, we've not really hit form at all. Not played to our ability at all all season. Maybe twenty minutes here, forty minutes there. But that is as close to a total performance we've done all season, and we, well, we were on another level to them on the day. No, no, no. It's it's similar to sort of Man United game. In the Man United game, we didn't we, we were clinical. We took our chances. Yeah, yeah, but we weren't. In the dominant. Chelsea game, we were absolutely dominant, and we didn't take our chances. No. If if we'd have been anywhere near as clinical as we were against Man U, we would have won six seven one. We were it, we were absolutely yeah. fantastic. The thing um I, I liked I I've not I don't know a lot about the Chelsea manager at all. I've obviously seen him this season via you know watching highlights of different games and stuff. Uh, obviously, Chelsea's not a club I really follow that much, but uh, I liked the fact in the post match he didn't do any of the usual Mourinho crap that we're kind of all used to, or the Arsene Wenger. I didn't see it. The referee was looking the wrong way. You know, the the rain came in from a different direction in the second half, and that was our fault. He, he generally just went, "Yeah, we were battered." Yeah, he, he just yeah. came out and said, "Yeah, we were the worst. You know, Tottenham were yeah. far far superior." And uh, what I quite liked as well is um, the the pundit or the commentator or whatever had asked him, you know, were any of the players good? And he was like, no. No. He just came out and gave a brutally honest response and said no. Well, yeah, he wasn't happy yeah. with any player. Well, and he had every right to feel let down. I mean, you know, you look at that Chelsea squad and the amount of money involved. And you look at that Jorginho, who in midfield has been dominant so far this season. And then you've got Deli Alley, who before that game, uh, and I was going to bring this up anyway, but it, you know now's as good a time as any. 
I didn't think he had the discipline in him to stick to a task like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he showed something in that game where he... I mean, Jorginho must still be having nightmares of Deli Alley right now. He was in his face from the first minute to the last. Yeah, they, those two in particular had like a battle going on yeah. all, all game. And uh, <clears throat> Ali definitely got the better of him. But yeah, there's some yeah. nasty tackles going in on, on the two... By, oh, by, yeah. by the two yeah. of them, Ali was doing yeah. it as well. But um, yeah. Yeah, that was the highlight of the game for me when Sun obviously got, got the ball... And there was there weren't a lot on for him. There was nobody in support, and it was it was just that one on one versus Georginia, and he just made him look a mug. He yep. just I mean, Sun's quick, but I didn't sort yeah. of think he was that quick. Yeah, and he just skipped yeah. past him. David Louise came, and it was just it was so composed, which is not something I, I really think of with Sun. No, he, he normally if he's got time, he normally makes a mistake. You know, he's normally not as clinical, but. That was some goal, and uh, yeah, he's he, he's some player, really. He really is. I mean, he 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 like last season. He had this sort of run like a purple patch when Kane was injured, and he was in the team, and it was like every shot he was hitting was finding the bottom corner, and it was something else. Um, in that first half, I actually sent out a tweet basically saying Sonny's doing everything right at the moment, but just can't finish. Um, you know, his movement off the ball, his running with the ball, everything was just like spot on, but the guy just couldn't hit a barn door. Yeah. And then he goes into the second half, what, 10 minutes in, and he just does that. And it was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was an interview after the match as well with um, Dele Alley, and he said at half time, you can see that Sun was disappointed in himself. Yeah, because he, he yeah. probably could have had a hat trick in the first half. Yeah, he, he could have done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and last season, like I said, when he was in that purple patch, he would have done. Yeah. but you you got to look at the chance Kane missed as well. I mean, the the guy he's human, and players miss chances. I've seen Messi miss. I've seen Ronaldo miss. I've seen Kane miss, and and I put him I put him in that bracket with finishers with them. You know, I know they're different players and they are on their own. But when it comes to finishing, I think Kane's right up there. So when he misses, it's a shock. Yeah, you know, and definitely. when he when he's that far out and he skied it, I was just like, really? Ah, well, there must have been a bobble. There must have been, you know, something. There's no way Kane misses that. And but it does happen. And you know, he, he but I mean, his goal that he took. I mean, the goalkeeper was just left wrong-footed and then just couldn't adjust himself in time. But I loved the fact that Kane took that shot yeah. on. No, no. Because earlier at the start of the season, what was worrying me, he wasn't shooting. No, definitely. I, I've been thinking, you see, especially, not maybe necessarily last year, but the year before, he used to be really happy to take shots from outside the box. Yeah. But yeah. especially this season with the Lucas sort of partnership and people playing off him, He's always got like more of an option to have a pass on or something, but you'd rather him be greedy because you know that nine times out of ten he'll hit the target. Like, well, that's it. He does generally hit the target, and I, I don't know whether it's a thing with Lucas. We debated it a few times, different after different games, but. That against Chelsea, to me, was the best I've seen Tottenham play this season and the most reminiscent of how we've played in the past. Yeah. And I don't think it's a a coincidence that Lucas wasn't in that starting eleven. Mm. I just think he's... And this is nothing against him. He has worked really hard to get to a level where he is part of the first-team picture. But I think when we bring him in and his style of play, he tends to take up positions where we'd want Kane and... 
if Lucas scores the goals, great for the team. But when he isn't finishing to the level that Kane is, you've got to kind of say to yourself, well, this is frustrating. Because you look at the goal, the first goal, the Delhi header. You know, when Lucas is on, Lucas tends to do that and Delhi tends to be deeper. But he, it was him who got in there. Him who got there. I mean, he just loves scoring against Chelsea, Delhi, which yeah. which yeah. is an admirable quality for him. I think it's and, six in six. I mean, I don't want to tread on Matt's stats, but I, I'm yeah. sure it's six in six now against Chelsea. Oh, you you tread on him, mate. Yeah, here. <laughs> you, you you jump up and down. No, um, yeah, I think it is something like that, or, or or something. I think it might even be six in five. But regardless, yeah. it is like uh, an average of a goal a game against them. And they hate him. I yeah. mean, like, really, really hate him. And he's, and what clubs don't seem to understand, and we picked up on this as Spurs fans last year, if you boo Delhi, you're actually adding about 10 to 20% to his performance. So could all fans just get on his case, please? Because it's fantastic for us. I mean, it's sort of worked for Suzuka, hasn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether that's worked for Sissoko. I don't think we can try and claim that the two years of solid abuse <laughs> we as a fan base have given him yeah. has suddenly uplifted him. But, but you know, I, I want to come on to so- Sissoko when we chat more about the Inter game. But against Chelsea, he was very good. Yeah. And the thing that uh, you mentioned it when we talked on the podcast some time ago about Sissoko is he's got he looks like a player he's got all of these attributes but he seems afraid of the ball mm. I think that was you who said that wasn't it I mean it sounds good so I'll claim it yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it oh, no, um, and he... Matt ain't here to, to argue with us so. <laughs> well no he is physically you know a beast he like the way that he sort of runs and you know, it, you think in, in a one v one, like maybe not his his, his pace isn't a hundred out of hundred or whatever, but his strength and his pace together, he's he's just a machine, and he runs and runs all day long. I think yeah. he's got incredible stamina, incredible strength, and, oh, and yeah. you know the one thing that you think is missing from his game is the technical aspects of being a footballer. Um, there's something interesting recently with, with Pochettino who said he's come, he come out and said he's surprised how good Sissoko is with the ball he, he's, he's better than he thought he was but, but don't you think that's confidence that's what I was about to say I, I think you know confidence breeds that he's he, yeah. he's been given a run of games and he's starting to show why we signed him in the first place um, but it, it brings it brings me back to a point that Mickey Hazard made um, when, he, when Matt interviewed him which was about fans showing support to players and when a player scored a hat trick singing his name's great you know it's kind of like yeah look look how great i am but what mickey was trying to say was that when a player's not having a good game they're out of form you know the ball's bouncing off them if the crowd are jeering and like you know you hear a loud oh every time you make a mistake you know only makes things worse and what mickey was saying was you know that's the time to support a player when they're having a bad game, when they're having a bad run, is to get behind them. And I don't think it's a coincidence. And although it was done ironically, there was that um, wake me up before you go, go, who needs bail when you've got Sissoko. When that started, it was kind of a bit of a irony, the away fans enjoying themselves. But have you, it's no joke. Since that all came about and we were singing his name, the guy has just improved week after week. Yeah. Yeah, and we're now at a, we're now at a point. Um, if if you're happy to move on to the Inter game now, yeah. No. Last night, I'd say he was one of the best players on the pitch. 
Yep. No, definitely. The, the commentator at the time said, you know, this is Suzuko at his best. This is the best Which... he's ever played for Spurs. Well, and um, I, I read a thing last night in Le Quip Online where uh, a French football correspondent said, we saw the best of him in a France year at you know, Euro 16, which I think every Spurs fan can say, yeah, yeah. we saw that and thought he was great. Um, but this is now the best we're seeing him at club level. Because Newcastle fans probably watched that last night and thought, well, we never saw that. No. Or, or we saw that for all of 10 minutes, you know, in, in two seasons. Yeah. And, I mean... You know, Sissoko to me was, I mean, the guy was a total blancmange. You know, he was absolutely nothing. And now he's hes a guy who is completely reborn. And it has made me think about how I react to players and my, me as a supporter. Because, I, like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence that the fans have got behind him and the guy now is showing confidence. That where he burst through and, you know... He's been doing that since he signed for us, those bursting runs. Yeah, yeah. But then he seemed to fall over his own feet or yeah. <clears throat> kick it out or, or, you know, he'd just do nothing with it. But last night, he picked out a pass. And I think something that's massively underrated by people was just how good Dele's touch was to Ericsson. Yeah, no, you're right. Suzuka was the one that, that sort of made the goal. But yeah. it, was, it was Ali's sort of class... That, that you know created yeah. it sort of thing, laid it on a plate. Without yeah. Ali, there wouldn't have been a goal there. No, um, and a, a different player might have taken a touch and had a shot or whatever. But he had yeah. the awareness that, that Ericsson would be running behind him, and you know even even Ericsson's composure just to lift it over the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was just a quality goal, and it it was. Yeah, I think we, well we were talking at the time. We were messaging each other, and I was saying you know I'll take a last minute goal at any moment. You know, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was yeah. just. Just one of those goals which you just—I I think you did it and I did it—you know, just shouting and just like yeah. in my front room, just screaming. Yep, yeah. yeah. I um, I, I think I messaged you last night and I'll share it on the podcast. I actually made a noise that hit a level that several neighbors' dogs in the road started barking, <laughs> and that and that and that's kind of how I know that I've been a bit loud. I don't tend to hit that kind of decibel level, but it was just an absolute raw emotion relief. And when I watch the goal back and I hear the noise inside the stadium as well, I mean, that's Wembley. It it was about 50, 50, 60, well, nearly 60,000 people in there because it's a reduced capacity now. And a lot of Inter fans in there. But that noise from the Spurs fans and the atmosphere they created during mm. that game is, you know, it's very symbiotic because the the team's not played that well and the fans have kind of been really lethargic in the support. And... All of a sudden, the team looked like they they got that drive again, that ambition again. And all of a sudden, the fans are just creating an atmosphere in Wembley. You know, it's not going to be White Hart Lane's atmosphere. Of course it's not. But they're creating an atmosphere there where you just sort of sit back and listen and just think, wow, yeah. you know, that's that's incredible. And I'd not this season, we've not done that. And then these two games and these two performances, these two wins, you know, it's just brilliant. And... The the Inter result, I it was a very different win to Chelsea. You know, the, the Chelsea game, we just dominated them physically, mentally, tactically. We just absolutely wiped the floor with them. And then Inter, we had to be so patient because Inter set about us like Juventus did the year before, which is, you know, we're going to try and grab something, but the main thing is we're not going to let you score. You know and Italian teams are just <clears throat> amazing at that. 
No, definitely, definitely. They, they are the king of, of defensive sort of strategies and holding out for like a 1-0 a, a scrappy win. Um, but I think credit needs to go to, to Pochettino. And there's been, um, you know, I think I've been a little bit critical this season, but, you know, people have questioned his, his tactics in games where we can't break teams yep. down and things like that. But against uh, against Chelsea, he, he set us up perfectly. They, he did, you yep. know, We targeted Jorginho, we mentioned it earlier, and that works wonders. Against Inter, it's a completely different game. Like, as you said, we didn't dominate. We, you know, it's hard to do that. But we were so attacking from the from the get go. We we were yep. creating chances or trying to create chances, throwing players forward. I don't normally see like four or five players getting in the box, but that that's no. what yesterday was. So you felt there was always going to be a chance at some point in the game, and we just needed to create, you know, keep a clean sheet. And what. Yeah. Timely arrival was it for uh, Jan Vertonghen to be back as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely a guy we got to mention. That he's missed what two months, yeah, basically of football, and he just came back into a game like that and looked like he hadn't missed a day. No, he is like a Rolls Royce of footballers. I, I can't, you know, we, we always talk about Toby, what a fantastic defender Toby is, but I think it's very easy to overlook Jan. Yeah, I've said it before. To me, he's just fantastic, and if we lose Toby, which you know, still looks like we might. Uh, it's disappointing, but as long as Jan Vertonghen's there, I, I feel like you know we we've got a good solid defence still. I also want to say how great Hugo Lloris's save was last night as well from Perisic. The near post save. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Because because I know that the old adage goalkeepers shouldn't get beat at the near post, but that shot was rapid. Mm. Mm. So you got to have reaction speed to get that away, and he did. And yeah, I mean, it's it's little moments like that, um, you know, keep us in the game. And also, when the full time whistle went, seeing Toby and Jan like absolutely screaming at each other, yeah. you know, because they did it. It's great to see that the team, you know, it meant that much to them to to keep it going. Uh, you know, with all the press and all the stuff about you know this player's leaving, this player's coming out of contract, this player's wanted by so and so. If you look at them on the pitch and you look at the body language and the way they're acting, there's certainly no hint at all that the squad's got a problem. And I'm also going to go as far as saying it was good to see Danny Rose back on the bench. Um, I'm wondering if he's going to start against the scum, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, that, there's, there's definitely a great team bond there. Um, yeah. Regarding Danny Rose, start, I thought Ben Davis played really well yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I, yeah, th- I been... thought he was probably one of the best performances that he's done this season. He did nothing wrong. Uh, I can't picture him getting forward too many times, but it did happen. And you know, yeah. defensively, he was great. There's a lot of balls in the box, like you know, you sort of expect from an Italian team. There's a lot of crosses yeah. and things like that. And uh, he was the one that was heading it out quite often. He was, was aimed towards the back post, and he was there. And he, he did sort of roll. In that sort of you know defensive in the in the box that he does sort of Wales you know when he plays more like a centre back he does I, yeah I part thought, of a three I thought he was fantastic yesterday I, I thought he was he was very under the radar but I thought he did everything right and um, uh, one more player I'd like to point out is Winks as well because I thought he yeah. he had a really good game and he was so lucky with his shot that hit the crossbar yeah yeah that was a really great effort because the dip on that was phenomenal yeah. no yeah exactly Handanovic was it Handanovic in goal uh, I honestly don't know mate he's well he was a tall keeper anyway and yeah. yeah he had to get some serious dip on it and 
yeah. just think on a different day that hits the underside of the bar and it goes in. And uh, he he's talking about that goal for the rest of his like, oh big time yeah yeah, yeah. the rest of his career. But... I um I I listened to the commentator as well saying Winks has only scored one goal before against West Brom and I'm thinking what are you talking about? <laughs> West Ham wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was West. He, he you know just seen West written down. He's gone West Brom. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand you think of a club with West and you don't immediately think of West Ham because. Uh-huh. Who the hell are they? Yeah, it's but, big teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bit stupid. But I mean, from from the point of view, of the, like I said, there were two very different wins, but two very good wins. And, you know, yeah, you can be critical of little things, but I think the overall performances in both of these games were just something that we'd not seen so far this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wax lyrical enough about it. I'm, I'm over the moon at the moment. And... I mean, that'll go fairly soon because I'll then start to think about the next game. And the next game's a game I always say, I don't ever enjoy it. I endure it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter what our form is. It doesn't matter about their form. It doesn't. None of that matters in the North London Derby. I just, every single time we go into it, and it also doesn't matter what the score is. We could be 2 0 up in that game and I'd still just be a bundle of nerves stressed out of my eyeballs. So. Yeah, I I don't ever enjoy the North London Derby ever um, until we've won in his full time, and then I can sit back and smile. But typically, I just need to find a dark room somewhere and just sit alone for a bit. But mm. yeah, um, well, yeah. See, I'm start I'm starting to think about it now. Look, see, I'm starting to stress. Yeah, there's a certain <laughs> amount of worry that goes in with the, the Arsenal game because you know it's that game that you don't want to lose and. It'll be three games in in the space of a week, obviously. Yeah. And three massive games. I remember talking to you like some time ago about the schedule of fixtures and yeah, the congestion. Insane, and this is the week that is it's the hardest few games in a row. Um, and when it comes down to Arsenal, you just really hope that you don't lose. Um, no. And if you think about what the players have come out and said after the match, Winks has come out and said, you know, it's it's the most important game. We need to prepare for it. Yeah. We need to be ready for it. Larissa said the same, and you hope what they're saying is true. Like, well, I I think it is. Yeah. I think I think if we were going to be playing a side uh, with no disrespect to anyone, but if I, uh, just picking a team, Huddersfield, for example, this Sunday, it would be very easy for our team level to drop. I think the fact it is Arsenal, it is the North London derby, means the team are back in training today and are like, right, you know, two wins means nothing if we lose the next one. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's great. And I think that could help us, the fact it is Arsenal. But at the same time, I mean, this is why I mentioned about Davies um, and possibly Rose coming in. Like you just said, he, Davies has just played both games. You know, he's played Chelsea game, played well, played the Inter game, played well. You know, you got to look after the players a little bit. And Danny Rose is now fit enough to make the bench. Maybe he'll be fit enough to start. Maybe that's something Pock to look at. You got also. I watched Arsenal last weekend playing a back three. Yeah. And what what really screamed at me, um, and I've not seen a team really go at them yet, is that if you were to play a system like we do, where our our uh, fullbacks provide the whip. And you've also got Sonny, etc., who make those runs and can drag people out. They they don't look that good at the back. I mean, I, I could get proven ridiculously wrong, but 
if I was setting up to play Arsenal right now, I'd look at that team that we set up against Chelsea, and I'd, I, you know, possibly Danny Rose to add that little bit more pace. Um, Aurier, I mean, has got pace to burn all day long. Um, you, you'd probably go with Jan and Toby, um, even with uh, Juan Foyf probably on the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be looking at that thinking, if we go, we set up like we did against Chelsea and we go at them, I, I'm not sure they could cope. I mean, I could be proven completely wrong, but I've just not seen anyone really take it to Arsenal yet. I think going forward, Arsenal got players there that can score goals out of anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. They've got some at real, the back, real, I'm... real pace up front as well. But no, you're right. Uh, sorry to interrupt. But yeah, at the no. back, um, Bournemouth caused them all sorts of problems the other day. They did, yeah. Um, and if we can play anywhere near the level that we played at against Chelsea and Inter... We'll score against them. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think if you look at the left side for you know Danny Rose or, or their right side, I think he if he plays against Bellerin, he'll get some space and some, some will, chance yeah. to get some crosses and things like that. And I think um, the the positive that came out of yesterday's game is I I don't think that first eleven was our best eleven. I think it was it was the introduction of Son and Ericsson coming yeah. on as subs that really helped and if they're going to come on and play 20 minutes half an hour you yeah think, they're going to be ready to go yeah but they're going to be a shoo-in to start and that, that's yeah. good because we've always said about our squad not not being the, the biggest or the, you know got the most depth but yeah. if if they've got fresh legs then they're going to cause all sorts of problems yeah and, and I, I do think as well a lot of people um were very critical of lamella um lamella put in a challenge last night which deserved the red card so but we're critical of him and lucas what you got to remember when players come off the bench and they're in the form that those two are in which is fantastic they are coming on against tired legs yeah you know lamella and lucas did a lot of running and a lot of work closing down etc so you know, you got to remember, and there's something Pochettino keeps trying to stress is this is a squad game, and the whole squad have to be united. And then he puts eleven players on the pitch, and he'll then make changes to win the game. But it's the whole team that wins it. It's the whole squad that wins it, and everybody has to play their part. And I'm, it looks like they're all really buying into it. You know, like Lucas and Lamella just work so hard. Um, and then you saw Sonny come on. There was that little bit of space for him. He was able to move a few people. And Eriksson arriving for that goal, I mean, was fantastic. You know, his run and vision to get there and Delhi to pick him out. So, yeah, I mean, but going back to it, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're going to see a far closer resemblance to the Chelsea lineup yeah. than we are to the Inter lineup. And I think the fact that he was able to rest them for a good hour, you know, and. It only bodes well for us. I mean, Arsenal are playing tonight. Um, they're away in the Ukraine. Uh, they've actually had their game moved due to all the problems in the Ukraine at the moment. So, uh, you know, football aside, rivals aside, hopefully all their fans get back safe. Um, one or two, maybe. No, joking. <laughs> but yeah, no, genuinely, you know, get back safe because there's some weird stuff going on in that part of the world at the moment. And we want them all to get back safe so they can have a good cry on Sunday when they get a spanking. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think... I don't know about spanking, but you know, if if uh, I'm sure you'll agree, I'll take a, a one 0 win now. Oh mate, I, any win, yeah, I'd, I'd take any any result that's a win against Arsenal. I'd take, uh, regardless of how it's offered. I I just like I said, I endure those games because years ago when we had zero expectation going into them, 
that you you know you could still throw the form guide out the window like we'd still manage to raise our game to an unbelievable level against them so every north london derby i've ever sat through has been like an absolute you know i don't know who's going to win and now we're at this level where we are trying to push on we're we're kind of we've pushed above them now and they're obviously they've made the managerial change they've made a lot of changes in their squad in their team this season the manager's first North London derby, he's going to be desperate to win it. Um, personally, I like the idea of you know us giving him an absolute hiding in his first North London <laughs> derby. But uh, you know, like you said, any win, any win at all against them, and I take it and I walk away smiling my head off. So, um, yeah, I mean, mate, uh, we're now going to move across to our Facebook page. I put a post out there like I do every week before we do the podcast, just asking people for any discussion points or any questions. So, uh, let's have a look at them. Perfect. And now, it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Right then, my friend, uh, we've got a few. I will put these to you. Um, Matt Hope says he missed the game last night and then does lots of crying emoji. Um, he says, how good was Sissoko? I'm hearing it was basically 10 out of 10 for him. So Matt Hope would like your opinion on how well Sissoko played. I think we've kind of already covered it. But... Yeah, we've touched on it. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, it was his best performance in his first shirt, I'd say. Um, in terms of rating out of 10, maybe like an 8 or a 9 out of 10. I yep. thought box to box, he was fantastic. He's, he's great at sort of disrupting their play. Then getting forward himself, he, he sort of moves, you know, from defence to attack. He, he is that player, um, not necessarily to pick out a pass, but just to to get numbers up the pitch. And physically, he, he was, you know, fantastic. And, and and he actually played his part technically as well. He was the one that created the goal. So yeah, he was yeah. he was he was the best player on the pitch for you know for, for the majority of the game. Nope. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, the next question on here is from Robin Powell. Robin says, I feel like we're near back to our best. Two great performances and results. Do you guys think this is our year? Has, uh, you know, in brackets, trophy-wise. If we've come out of our bad patch and our shade is recovering better, um, we're better every week, I have a great feeling. Okay, so Robin's basically, you know, we've come out of our bad patch. We've had a rough start to the year. We're now hitting our stride. Is this going to be our year? I mean, I, I'm i always loathed to comment on that because I feel like I've been saying since, I don't know when, oh, this year is going to be our year. Um, so, And I also think there are so many lucky and fluky factors that go into winning trophies that you just can't, you know, legislate for. Um, you know, we drew Arsenal in the next round of the League Cup. If we'd drawn a, you know, non-league side, you'd bet you'd bet your ass we're going to go through. With it being Arsenal, it's going to be a fight. So, um, I don't know, man. Uh, for me, I, I don't think I can say, yeah, this is going to be our year. I do think that these two performances would suggest we've hit our stride and we're now hitting the kind of form that we've come to expect from Pochettino's sides around December, January time. But, we've now got the Arsenal game and it's amazing how a good feeling can evaporate very quick, uh, very quickly in a bad performance and a bad loss. So yeah, I'm not going to get too carried away. What about you, Dan? No, no, no spot on. I'd say it's, it's too early. Um, you know, we always doing quite well at this point and December seems to be a good month for us as well. We normally pick up points. 
But it, it's that sort of period between sort of February, March period where the results really matter. So if we do progress in the Champions League, that's when you've rooted like the last 16, the quarterfinals. Yeah. And they're the matches that really matter. And they're the matches which, which obviously there's more pressure on. And you need, to, you need to turn up like we did against Inter and against Chelsea. So it, it's too early to say. We've been in the same position the past couple of years and thought it was going to be you know our year and it hasn't been. What, yeah. I, what I would say is, you know, for two, three seasons, you know, more experience, we've, we've been there, we've, we've put in the bad performances when we needed a good performance. So you hope that experience is going to serve as well this season. I do, yeah. No, okay, that's fair. Um, the next question is from Alpesh K. Patel. Alpesh says, the midfield, I feel, needs to be strengthened in January and the Ericsson contract needs sorting. What are your thoughts? Um, break it down into two parts. Do you think the midfield needs some reinforcements in January? It, we, yes, yeah. Um, Bill is going, isn't he? Pretty much. It, it, uh, it, yeah, it's, well, it's he, everything but confirmed. He, yeah, his, I mean, his he's running. Up. Yeah. Um, you know, with six months left, somebody might come in and offer some money for him, and we'll snap our hands off really because he, he isn't. He's not fit at the moment anyway, is he? So, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, with that, you need another player sort of coming in. And I think last night, I don't know if he's in our price range or not, but I think Brozovic was, was fantastic for Inter Milan. He, he, he seems like a real player. The, the problem we've got, of course, is the homegrown players issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, we possibly do need to sign someone in midfield and... You know, if Dembele is on the way out, then you know one non-homegrown player leaving, one non-homegrown player coming in would make sense. But I, I honestly think we're kind of tied to the homegrown player market at the moment because that's where we need the sign. Um, I'm wondering if we will look at Jack Grealish again in January. Possibly, possibly, because you know I don't think Aston Villa are doing very well this season. It doesn't look like they're they're not in a position where you'd say they're nailed on for promotion or in the title fight. Um, They're, of course, still got every chance of turning their form into a run to get into the playoffs. And, you know, if everything else goes wrong, maybe maybe the automatics, but not likely um, from what I'm seeing. I'd imagine the player signed his new deal with some pretty... You know, if he's got an agent worth his salt, would have some clauses in there which says... Come on, you know, if if a player if the club can't match the player's ambition, you know, please let him go. The one thing I'd say is before he signed that new deal, we were priced out. So now he signed it, that could be the issue. We've got a couple of players to move on, but how much money they'll actually raise, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think I think we will sign somebody in January. I wouldn't um... Oh, are you gonna get a tattoo? <laughs> I was gonna then? say I'm not gonna promised to do a tattoo who'd do that um, <laughs> but what I would say is I, I definitely think we will sign somebody and I think they will be homegrown um, yeah. but it, you know in terms of big money being spent clubs don't oh, want, no. clubs no, don't no want to sell it in January um, so whoever we're after will, will come in the summer um, I I am of the opinion we're going to have another window guide by without us signing anybody I think the stadium overrun, the financial implications of that, the fact we need to sell to raise any money at all to sign, 
and the fact I just don't think we can improve our squad with the amount of money that would be available to us. I think we're more likely to see Oliver Skip get games than we are to sign somebody. But that's that's just my my humble opinion. Yeah, well, Pochettino came out, didn't he, after the match? You mentioned signings and Champions League and you know homegrown quota and not being yep. able to fill the amount of positions in the squad or whatever. Uh, so he basically said that he wanted Jack Grealish in the summer, didn't he? He did, yeah. So that's basically yeah. what he came out and said, and we didn't sign yeah. him. So he's after somebody homegrown. I mean, depends what's available, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. It depends who's available and what money's available. Well, I think it's the money available that's the issue. I mean, I, I've always said, uh, with the greatest respect to Aston Villa and clubs where they are, if we meet their asking price, they're going to say yes, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're not in positions where they can just go no to any bid. We're not going to accept anything. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. With regards to Ericsson and the contract, um, it's all gone silent. Uh, basically the press picked up on he's only got a couple of years left they ran story after story all week that Barcelona want him, Real Madrid want him, um, you know Paris Saint-Germain want him you know, they're just basically linking him with any club at all that will sign people and at the end of it there, there's nothing in it, I mean the the people that I rely on are very good, reckon the deal's done it's just not signed off um, why that is, there's speculation but there's nothing concrete so yeah I I don't know what's going on with that it's a strange thing in football now you know years ago player contracts, I never even thought about it, did you? No, no it, it, like it, it wasn't news you know? <laughs> yeah well I think that's that's tabloids as well isn't it, it you know, yeah. they, they run a sort of story for, for anything um, yeah. but yeah. you know with, uh, with Harrison as well it, it ain't going to go away, the, the rumours like circulating no. clubs no. after him and things like that but you know once that contract gets signed it would go away but he's only going to increase his stock value if he keeps scoring yeah. goals in the Champions League but you know, well, you'd rather big clubs wanted you players and they didn't because it, it's a yeah. sign that they're playing well. So, I, I think I think the thing that a lot of people don't factor in, and perhaps I'm naive, is a lot of our players are tied to our club right now because of the manager. And the manager, for all of the rumours about him, seems very committed. You know, only this week again, he was asked about his future in the Italian press. And he said, I've got four and a half years left at my deal at Tottenham. I'm very happy. I'd like to be here for that unless Daniel Levy fires me. Um, which, you know, with Daniel, you never know. So it's good for him to keep that in the back of his mind. Um, and he and he said the only ambition he's really got is to manage Argentina one day. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, which, which, to be honest with you... That's as good as an answer as you're going to get, really. (laughs) You know, you're not going to get better than that. So, and I think with him at the club, there's a lot of players who are committed, and rightly or wrongly, they're committed with him and the atmosphere he's created. Um, They feel bonded to him. You know, think back to the summer, we had that picture of Ericsson and him having a meal together whilst just before Christian went off to the World Cup. So, you know, him and his players, you've got these good relationships. So, uh, Ericsson comes across as a guy of, you know, my agent is going to negotiate the money and I'm going to get, you know, the best deal I can. But I'm happy here. My family's settled here. You know, just had kids. Uh, You know, he's in the squad. He's playing Champions League football. 
you know, the, the test will come, of course, if if we bomb out the Champions League and we start struggling for the top four. All of a sudden, then you'll start to hear the creaking noises from agents of, oh, well, my player really wants Champions League football. Mm. But, you know, that's, that's a bridge we'll jump off when we get to it. <laughs> he, he seems a real good guy, though, as well as Ericsson. He, he does. He's. I mean, I'm hoping I don't get burned on this, but um, when he first joined us, I struggled to warm to him because he gave an interview where he said um, he has a very uh, set plan in his mind for his career, and he knows, you know, where he wants to be, what club he wants to be at, and he sees Tottenham as the next step. Mm. And I was kind of like, oh, you, you arrogant ass! You know, you're basically saying that we're a stepping stone. Um, to be honest with you, when he joined and we had the end of AVB going into Tim Sherwood, I don't think any of the players at the club were that committed to us because they had no reason to be. We were going through managers faster than they could go through their boots. Yeah. So the fact is that Pochettino since then has developed a, a sense of belonging and I think the players now do feel that. So, you know, things have changed and because of that, my feelings have changed, but... Watch that come back and bite me in the ass. Um, yeah. The next question. Okay, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 sorry, no. no. Go, go, go for it, go for it, yeah. No, we're fine. Next question. David Hunt, who I've always got to be careful to say your surname, is Paul Ince batshit crazy, or was he just trying to wind Spurs supporters up? I'm leaning towards the former. Your thoughts? Do you want to take that one? I don't know what he's referring to, so... No, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not sure either. I mean... Paul Ince is an interesting guy. He played football like an absolute demon, um, and yet he talks like, I don't know, he, he should have been a ballerina. I I don't know. Uh, Paul Ince, I think he said a few things, trying to be a little bit controversial, trying to be a wind-up merchant. He was there to put the Inter Milan side forward because he played for them. Right. Um, so, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't say anything that, really triggered me um i would say that robbie savage on commentary talks absolute garbage i don't know how he has a job that's it i really don't that's it like i mean certain pundits say certain things because Mm. they they want to keep themselves current they want to be yeah yeah fair point they they need a career outside of football but no you you get it a lot and you know certain pundits get called out for it as well especially sky ones with like yeah they do big time um but, yeah. Well, Gary Neville does, and I I always find that I I find myself agreeing with him more often than not. So <laughs> maybe that says something about me. Now we got Michael Joseph. Michael says, obviously our depth is shown in the last few weeks. If we were to sign anyone in January or the summer, what position do you think we need strengthening, and how do I compete for the shirts? Well. Michael, I will tell you how you can enter the competition to win a Spurs shirt very soon. But with regards to what position, let, let's just stick to let's just stick to one. What position do you think we need to add a player most, mate? Um, probably centre midfield. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think if you'd have asked me at the start of the season, I said another forward. But um, I think Lucas has been good in that that sort of role. Um, and Sonny, of course. And, well, yes, yeah, Sonny's been fantastic. But um, yeah, I think centre mid with with Dembele, I think we're, and Wanyama's had injury problems as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think it's someone in there that's going to come in and just do a job. I agree. Yep, one hundred percent. I'm I'm on board with that. And the final one is from Stefan Cruz Alvarez. 
who says, can we just take a minute to appreciate Robbie Keane? No, we bloody can't. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> all, all joking aside, me and Dan had already discussed this. Um, Stefan does say, I know he's Mr. It's been my dream since a kid, but we still one of the best forwards I've ever seen play. Um, what Stefan refers to then is, of course, the uh, the blip in Robbie Keane's career where he decided to leave us for Liverpool. Uh, forget about it. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Forget no. about it. Yeah, <laughs> like like you're from New York. Forget about it. No. Um, forgetting that then, like it never happened because he did come back tail between his legs. Um, I, I um, yeah, I I cannot say enough about Robbie Keane. Uh, he's announced he's retiring this week, and you know he's now taken up a role coaching with the Republic of Ireland setup. Apparently, the Republic of Ireland can't have a coaching setup without Keane as an assistant. <laughs> I, I, I um before he joined us. So when he signed for us, he was the one player at other clubs that I loved to watch play football. Yeah, you know, I'd followed him. Uh, he started at Wolves. Uh, you know, Coventry. He'd gone to Inter Milan and was like, and when he scored a goal, he did that celebration with the forward roll and stuff, mm. and he come up like the arch. He just a player that stood out to me. And I watched him play for Ireland, and you know, the day we found out we'd signed him, I, I was over the moon, mate. I can't put into words how happy I was. He was like. The equivalent of us now signing someone from... I, I can't even put words to it of who I'd pick. But to me, it was just brilliant. And I watched him... I got the wonderful chance to watch him play live several times. Uh, do you remember the goal he scored against Blackburn? Where it just seemed to be like a nothing throw-in. And he just dinked it over one guy's head. Then another. And then just yeah. blasted it past the keeper. No, no, I do. I do. Um, uh, just brilliant. He's, he, was, he was such a clever player. Such, Agreed, such yeah. a clever player. You'd see him, and he was always communicating on the pitch, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He was, you know, he'd get the ball and he'd, he'd make something happen. Um, those little dummies that he used to do as well, where he used to fame getting receiving the ball <laughs> and turn around players. Very clever player. Very clever player. And do you remember when he he uh, made the Chelsea players sit on his ass when we beat them? <laughs> uh, Aaron Lennon scored the winner. Yeah. No. He just stood the player up, moved the ball, like you said, a little show of movement, and the player was down and he was yeah. gone. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about him. Uh, Van der Vaart retired recently, and you know, I wax lyrical, but for me, Robbie Keane was, uh, he was Tottenham. He was just, he was our talisman for a good few seasons. Um, uh, well, we had that, we had like four strikers at one point, which every other team in the league would die for. You yeah. know, him, Defoe, uh, Berbatov, um, and then sort of the fourth that came in. I think Mido was there for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, his partnership that season with Berbatov was something else. Yeah. No. Uh, those those two appear to still be friends to this day. Yeah, I, I honestly, he was sort of my childhood as well. Like when I first started supporting Spurs, I think he was in. The, the very first couple of seasons and it was just great it was him and the four and yeah it was it was fantastic i think that was my first kit as well was was, was what, the, the the kappa slapper kit the kappa with the uh skin <laughs> tight yeah oh yeah yeah oh, it was just such a fantastic player and seeing him live as well is just something else he, he he's just fantastic and you know uh you know best of luck to him sort of in retirement but um yep. yeah some player 
Yeah, brilliant. No, I can't agree more. Um, so all that leaves us with now then is uh, we've been posting on our Facebook page all week. Uh, we have got one more chance for listeners of the Spurs News Podcast to win a Tottenham shirt for the 2018-19 season. It can be a home, away or third shirt. You're only winning one, not all three. Let me just put that out there. Um, it can be in any man size uh, that's advertised by the company. I think it's small to 3XL. Uh, ladies, uh, fitted style or kids. You know, if you're looking for a present and, you and you know, you're being a skinful and you're not putting your hand in your pocket, you want to win one for the kid, that's fine. That's no problem. Um, so, yeah, it's really simple how you enter. It's basically a prize draw. Now, if you've not only just started listening to us or you've not entered before, it's a fantastic opportunity to win because it is a prize draw and typically only about 50-odd people seem to enter That you know because people think they're not going to win, probably. But we've got two people who have won them already. All you need to do is you go to iTunes and you leave a five-star review for the podcast and in, in the review you write this phrase. This podcast is great... And I want Matt to get a Sissoko tattoo. Perfect. Okay, so let me say it again. You go to iTunes, you leave a five-star review. In the review, you write the phrase, This podcast is great, and I want Matt to get a Sissoko tattoo. You do that. You take a screenshot of the review when it goes live, and you send it into the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash News. Make sure you send it via a message, and make sure you get an acknowledgement from us. If you don't hear from us saying, hey, thanks, you've entered, keep messaging us, because it just means it's got missed somehow. Facebook isn't the best. <laughs> so make sure you do that. Make sure you get an acknowledgement. Now, if you've entered before, then it's quite possible you've already left the review and it won't let you leave another one. So thank you for entering before. Good news. Yes, you can enter again this time. And you will learn how you can enter again on next week's podcast. This is going to run for about two, three, well, two weeks. And then in the third week, we'll do the draw. So it'll be out to people in time for Christmas. And there you go. That's the competition. Simple. Oh, mate, I, can I enter? No, uh, you can't. Uh, yeah. You're teasing them as well. Next I week, know. it's going to cheer oh, yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep listening, yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all. I want to sound sort of half professional sometimes. I try anyway. Uh, um, but mate, a uh, big thank you for stepping in this week and being the voice. Considering on our twenty fifth episode, you couldn't even be bothered to record a hello. Uh, I was too ill. I got man uh, flu. I got man yeah. flu. But yeah, uh, sorry. There's no match stats as well. We don't want you know some sort of anarchy out there, but. No, no, no! You can't, you can't do Matt stats about Matt. He, he gets very ticked off. Um, but yeah, no, big thank you. Um, I know that Laura's going to be listening while she's doing her pole dancing training again this week. Um, do you know she she didn't threaten me to beat me up quite as much as I thought she was going to after last week. I, I think I think perhaps I've sussed her out. I was going to say perhaps, there's, there's probably some truth in it. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting to think there is. I'm starting to think. You know, she went very quiet. Yeah. You know, yeah, blocked all my numbers. Oh, hang on a minute. That be <laughs> him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all joking aside, big thank you to everybody for listening. A uh, big thank you to Dan for joining me. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans 
on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.